transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. The best place to be when it's nighttime. But every now and then I get away from the high desert. I might go to Los Angeles just to get some peace and quiet. Get away from the crowds and Joshua Tree. So I went down the hill for the big book fair they do over at USC. And finally, the supply chain crisis, or whatever they call it, well, it caught up with me. The Desert Oracle books had been shipped out from New York, or whatever eastern seaboard distribution center. Who knows where books really come from? But they did not show up for the book fair, which is this big event at USC. The crowds were there for whichever celebrity had supposedly written a book. A cookbook or a children's book, that sort of thing. Valerie Bertinelli was even there, waiting for a little cart to her event, same as me. Two masters of prose standing outside the university club. But her event was probably outside on a big stage while I was carted off to Siberia to a computer lab. But it was an honor just to be nominated. At least I got a whiskey before I got in the golf cart. Cash bar, though. The glory days of being a book author are so far in the past, I'm not even sure they ever happened. But thanks to the literary gods, Skylight Books and Roman's Bookstore, that's a name that's strange to say out loud. Vromans. Vromans. God bless them. The literary gods, I mean. Well, Skylight and Vromans had the Desert Oracle book for sale at their booths. So a couple of hardy souls hustled over there and back just as everything was closing for the day and I signed the books, the end. Book fairs are sort of stressful because you need to be extremely aware of everything going on, every controversy of the moment. Because people who go to book festivals are big readers. And they ask questions. And they tend to really keep up with current events, which seems like a lot of work to me. I am ever more aware of the diminishing number of days and nights I've got remaining here with you people. And there are things I just refuse to do. Time is limited. That it will never come again is what makes life so sweet. Kid Rock said that. Emily Dickinson, actually. 
I got my notes kind of scrambled here. I like it real dark in the radio studio, but sometimes it causes problems. You know why you only ever hear that one line about the bittersweet experience of acknowledging the singular nature of your lifetime? Because the rest of that poem is terrible. It's no wonder we've chosen to only remember the first lines as a culture. Listen. That it will never come again is what makes life so sweet. That's unambiguously beautiful and deep. It's got it all. It's almost as good as a Leonard Cohen song. A good Leonard Cohen song. I mean... the rest of the poem. Believing what we don't believe does not exhilarate. That if it be, it be at best an ablative estate. This instigates an appetite precisely opposite. Opposite, I guess, is meant to be read. Not read aloud. No wonder she never left the house. I mean, what is that? A sting record? That's awful. That's rhyming dictionary awful. The first line is just beautiful, though. Who are the literary gods anyway? There are patron saints of writers, but they've all got the same dull story. Wrote something or other about the church at some point. Francis de Saul, Catherine of Bologna. I'm sure there are others. Decades ago, when I was writing a column about the news media, which I promise is the dullest subject in journalism... The Pope comes out and says, Jesus was the greatest journalist. And the Vatican City media just pumps that weirdness into the news wires and the world just sort of went along with it, more or less. But it drove me nuts. What was he talking about? The Pope, I mean. Jesus of Galilee was not a writer, although he was obviously literate and probably pretty well versed in three or four languages of the Levant, maybe five, if you include the years in Egypt, where he would have picked up Ptolemaic Egyptian at such an impressionable age. John Prine has got a song called Jesus, the Missing Years. You ought to hear it sometime if you haven't already. Galilean Aramaic, Temple Hebrew, 
Koine Greek, Imperial Latin. You can't talk to everybody unless you know how to talk to everybody. And people spoke a lot of languages in that ancient world. But that's not journalism, as far as I know. Although now, journalism is just putting out your opinions about topical subjects. So maybe Jesus was the greatest journalist after all. Because after all, he had opinions. But he did not actually write anything that we know of. So in a way, he's like those celebrities at the Festival of Bos. I hear David Duchovny really writes his own novels, so that's an exception there. It's weird how we say Vatican and don't really think about the meaning where the name comes from, because why would we? The meaning has changed. But it can be useful to know where words come from, how they got that way. And Vatican Hill is where the soothsayers and the seers called Ovates lived and worked. In a beautiful temple district in what was in the outskirts of Rome. The hill was named for this, Vatachines Ferendes, meaning by making prophecies. Vatis was probably a loan word from the Galli, or Gauls, as we say in English. And we got that from Old German, but it's a continental Celtic word. Because the European Celts and their various kingdoms stretch from today's Portugal to today's Turkey, the latter kingdom is the same Galatia where Paul of Tarsus preached the new faith, which he invented as a hybrid European religion, having never known Jesus. And having never read the Synoptic Gospels as those had yet to be written. And having completely broken with the Jesus movement back in Jerusalem, which was led by James, the first bishop of Christianity, and Jesus' brother, James the Just, he was called. James operated this church for many years with Simon Peter until Peter's own martyrdom in Rome. Both gave it all for Yeshua, or Jesus, as we say today. For a place so associated with the popes, the Vatican was not the home of the popes until they returned from a long vacation in Avignon in the late 14th century. By then, Vatican Hill was no longer where the continental Celtic Druids did their various holy duties and soothsaying and sacrifices. Once the marsh was drained below the hill, it became a fashionable neighborhood and eventually housed Caligula's mother, Agrippina the Elder. And then home to Caligula's chariot circus, and eventually Caligula brought a great obelisk back from Egypt. In the year 37, or 40, he erected this obelisk in his mother's Vatican Gardens. And to this day, that 80-foot-tall phallic monument stands in the center of Vatican City. 
Simon Peter was executed there during Imperial Rome's first organized executions of the Christians. Right there at the Chariot Circus in Vatican City. Today is Vatican City. The Egyptian obelisk dedicated to the sun god Ra. It now stands in the center of St. Peter's Square which supposedly marks the very place where Simon Peter was crucified upside down at the circus. Within a year or three of James the Just martyrdom in Jerusalem. What I mean is you can miss a couple of days of Twitter or the newspapers and you won't miss much because it all comes back around again eventually. Up here in the high desert, a few miles south of the Black Rock Campground on the west end of Joshua Tree National Park, there's a spring called Black Rock, Black Rock Spring. I've walked there many times, and it's the home of an immense flock of pinion jays who enjoy an easy life in the tall pinion trees that grow there. At some point, a suburb was built up by the campground and eventually a big suburban church that for many decades was the political power center of Yucca Valley. A sort of Vatican City in the Mojave High Desert. They've got an old age home and everything. Uh, springs are few and far between here when the church founders decided to name their new stucco complex after a nearby spring. Black Rock was the only one available. Which would have been a very death metal or hedge fund name for a church. Instead, they borrowed the Mormon's name for our tall yucca tree. And they called the place Joshua Springs. But as Joshua and Jesus are English renderings of the same Yeshua, just think if the church was called Jesus Springs. It just sounds weird, doesn't it? As weird as Jesus Tree National Park. Weird, but strangely accurate. Oh, here's, here's that Kid Rock line. I knew I'd find it eventually. And we were trying different things. We were smoking funny things. Things, things. Send this guy a rhyming dictionary, for God's sake, and do not touch a Warren Zevon song ever again. Bobby. Listening to Desert Oracle Radio with Soundscapes by Red, Blue, Black, Silver. It's time for your Desert Oracle Desert Weather Update. What's coming up for your weekend and the American Southwest?
29 Palms will be warm and sunny, reaching 93 degrees on Saturday and 91 on Sunday. Hotter in Wonder Valley, but the nights will be fine, 61 degrees and clear. For the unincorporated real estate speculation zone of Joshua Tree, 88 degrees Fahrenheit on Saturday and 85 for your Sunday. Please don't leave your elderly parents in the hot car for too long. Yucca Valley, a reasonably cool spring night tonight, low of 56 degrees. 85 is your high temperature on Saturday and 81 for Sunday with a low of 60 if you stay up late enough. Leave the windows open overnight is what I mean. In Sedona, Arizona, a high of 83 on Saturday, but Sunday will be cloudy and will only hit 78. Which is why half of Phoenix arrives in Sedona this time of year. Saturday we'll see a high of 93 degrees in Shoshone, California, gateway to Death Valley. But that weather system will be there too, so expect a cloudy Sunday and a high temperature of only 87. Partly cloudy in Moab on Saturday, but also under the veil of the weather system on Sunday. High of 79, lows all the way down to 45 by the pre-dawn hours of Monday, so let the dogs sleep inside. 71 and sunny for Santa Fe on Saturday. Cloudy but strangely warmer on Sunday, highs of 75. Tucson, Arizona will be warm and dry. 94 is your high all weekend long. Uh, next to the forecast numbers, there's a little cartoon image of the sun wearing Oakley sunglasses. It's really something when you think about it. For tens of thousands of years, the sun had the utmost respect from humanity around the world. A sacred motif in every ancient culture, the physical and life-giving embodiment of Apollo, Sekhmet, Bast, and Ra, Mithra, etc. And leave it to our time to turn the solar deity into weather app clip art, a sun wearing sunglasses, and a stupid smile. Let's give the desert and all its terrible creatures a break for a minute and discuss some of the pressing issues of the day in the high desert, especially on the roadways. Who are these people buying Teslas, the world's first sporty and popular electric car, and driving them 25 miles per hour in 50 zones? And doing that special Dumbo thing of just stopping in the street whenever they're confused, which is always. If you are going to spend the money for a Tesla, the electric car, known for going incredibly fast, for God's sake, put on some Oakleys and blast some classic rock or kid rock or whatever and at least make an effort to keep up with traffic. 
if you continue going 20 miles an hour in 50 zones, Elon Musk is going to block you on Twitter. They make Subarus for people like you. What else? This is something I wanted to say, I don't know, a week or two ago, and I ran out of time. Is about UFOs. In an age when people did not blab out their whole lives on public internet sites, your paranormal UFO experiences only came out amongst family and friends, if at all. I heard many such personal stories as a kid in the 1970s. People still had cocktail parties back then, especially in New Orleans, where I grew up. I remember watching as the adults got a little loose, and then they'd start up with the weird stories. Most people did not talk about Martians or Space Brothers in that time because it was already hack. It was hack, and it was sort of embarrassing. There was a super dumb sitcom called My Favorite Martian playing in repeats on the local repeat channel. And there was even a Martian in the Bugs Bunny cartoons. Just adding space people and aliens to everything. They put a space alien from the 1970s in Happy Days, a show about the 1950s. That's how bad it was. Because in the 50s, all these contactees, like George Van Tassel up in Landers, said they'd met the Space Brothers. The aliens were mostly just very good-looking people then, very tall, like characters from a Thor movie. But they slowly evolved into more medieval forms as our times got darker. Forms like dwarves and elves and goblins, demons. It got ridiculous, so people laughed at the alien idea. What the UFOs are, that was anyone's guess. People were a lot more open-minded back then about spiritual and philosophical topics. As far as I remember, I did not really understand what they were talking about. It was really an age of Aquarius as far as New Age and magic and astrology and the occult, ESP, UFOs. Every coffee table had that sun signs book. My own mother had a ring with the ancient symbol of her astrological sign. A desert bighorn. Or, I guess, a ram. A generic ram. It was the occult revival. It was everywhere. And now it's coming back.
when they come back, all the old gods Will you be ready? And across the great Mojave wilderness, this is Desert Oracle Radio, and I am your host, Ken Lane. With soundscapes composed and performed by our own Red, Blue, Black, Silver. Broadcasting on Friday nights at 10 p.m. from our home base at KCDZ 107.7 FM in Joshua Tree. And at various times across the Southwest and beyond on good community stations, including Fresno's KFCF 88.1 FM. And Valley 103.9 up in King County, Washington, KZMU in Moab in the Castle Valley. You can find us online at Desert Oracle Radio, where you can also find back issues of our occasional journal, also called Desert Oracle. We do appreciate your support. Our Desert Oracle Volume 1 paperback is available at bookstores everywhere, especially in the American Southwest. I can hear the sirens through our supposedly soundproof radio studio. And that's how you really know it's Friday night out here. Let's round everybody up and come up with a crime later. Please keep your eyes open for desert tortoises. They're often crossing the roads this time of year, and sometimes they're getting a little shade break right under your parked car. So take a look, give a hoot. We all appreciate it. Be careful out there. You don't want to get crucified upside down at the circus. Good night from the voice of the desert. Thank you.